0: that could hold me back I lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares me and I will run my race with endurance I came to let everybody know today especially you devil I came to let you know, you can't hold me back. I am moving forward. I want everybody to do this as a demonstration. Say, I am moving forward. Come on, do it again. I am moving forward. Turn and tell your neighbor. say, I'm coming out of this. Coming out of this. Amen. I'm moving forward. I am coming out of this. Come on encourage your other neighbors. Say you're coming out. You're coming out. You're coming out of this stress. You're coming out of this anxiety. You're coming out of this depression. You're coming out of this poverty. You're coming out of lack. You're coming out of hurt. You're coming out of offense. You're coming out of sickness. You're coming out of disease. Tell somebody you are coming out. I am moving forward. Whom the sun sets free. He's free indeed. In Jesus name. Come on, shout hallelujah this morning. Amen, amen, amen. Would you turn and greet as many people as you can on your left and on your right? Find somebody you don't know this morning and tell them good morning and welcome to Acceleration Church. And be glad in it. Amen. We'll welcome and uh, we welcome those of you who are here for the very first time. So glad you chose to worship with us today. Acceleration, can we let them know how glad we are that they're here? So glad you chose, those of you who are here for the first time, you should have a, a, a VIP sticker we gave you at the front door, which declares that you are very important to God, and you are very important to us. So what we'd like for you to do, you're here for the first time, just simply take out of your, if, uh, your welcome packet, there is a connection card, if you would take that out, and if you would fill that out, and at the end of service, we're going to have you take it over to what we call our VIP Welcome Center, which is right over here, this little table on this side of the room. If you'll take your card right over there, we have a special gift we want to bless you with. Amen. Amen. So if you would, if you would, at the end of service, just take your card over to the VIP Welcome Center where Mr. Ernest is going to be. Wave Mr. Ernest. (laughs) Good looking man. He'll be over there to receive your card. We're going to bless you with a special gift that we have as well as some uh, information. Well, if you did not receive your welcome packet, would you raise your hand? The ushers will come and assist you with one. I think I can stop saying that on Sunday mornings because everybody usually gets one. All right. If you do not have a pen, raise your hand. Do you need a welcome packet? You need to need a pen. Okay, gotcha. All right. If you need a pen, raise your hand. All right. Keep them raised so that they can see where you are. Amen, amen, amen. Right over there, Jack, to your right. They need pens. Okay, good. Anyone else? We don't, you need a pen this morning. I think we have some lights out over there. It looks kind of dark in this section. Are all the lights on? Are they on, Yuri? Go flip the switch another time. You know how, don't act like y'all don't have like things that you got to hold your mouth just right to make them work or flip it off and flip it back on. That's how you fix stuff or you hit it, right? (laughs) Give it a good whack and it'll work. Some stuff comes with special instructions, amen? <laughs> All right, well, so glad everybody is here. We have some announcements we want to go through really quickly here. Our Trunk or Treat is coming up on Halloween night, which is Thursday, October the 31st. That's this coming Thursday, Trunk or Treat. So be sure and bring your kids out, bring your neighborhood kids out, bring kids from school. Just bring kids to partake in that. If you've signed up to do it, make sure you decorate your trunk, put some candy in it in a basket or a bowl or what have you. But um, just make it fun because creative. You can dress up if you want to. We're going to have hot dogs and a jumper for the kids and games and all that kind of thing. So this is our first one. So come out and be a part of that on Thursday night. Amen. All right. Um, Well, we are in a time of fasting and prayer and consecration until November the 17th. We called the fast beginning last Monday. And uh, Joel 114 in the NIV says, declare a holy fast. Call a sacred assembly. Summon the elders. And all who live in the land to the house of the Lord your God and cry out to the Lord. Well, while we're in this time of fasting and prayer, um, we are pressing in to just for a time of consecration. We, we learned last week all about consecration, how times of consecration Are a blessing to us, how they bring us to another level in God, how God looks for times of consecration to bless us. And so we have to turn aside. Sometimes, you know, we can begin to drift and not really realize that we've drifted, that we've drifted out of faith. So I call a fast two to three times a year just so that we can fast. And get back on course with God, any area where we've slipped. we just It's just like getting your compass and getting your bearings again, amen? Dropping the anchor and making sure that you're anchored, right? And so this is a time of consecration. This is a time where we're fasting, not fasting completely the whole time. We're going to have some birthday cake after church today. So anybody who is fasting sweets, so you hereby are released from your fast to have a piece of birthday cake. But as soon as the birthday cake is over, we go right back to it, Right? Amen, amen. Same thing for Halloween night when we have our little, um, hallelujah in the, in the uh, parking line, Candy and hot dogs and whatnot. We can, we can release the fast just for our little party. Amen. And then we write back to it after that. Okay. So we come together for that celebration, but. During our time of consecration, we are fasting and praying and seeking the face of God for what our part would be in the offering that we're going to receive for our children's ministry. We are so close to having our new sanctuary open. Right between that wall that, sh- that opens up like a sliding glass door is where our new sanctuary is going to be. We're in the, in the middle of renovating that, and uh, this is kind of what it's going to look like. I think minus the wood, I think I've decided I want five screens in there instead of just three praise the lord cuz wouldn't five be better than three yeah. heck yeah <laughs> because it's sort of like um, where the where the this this stage we don't have sidewalls Well, we have one right there but it'll be just like that there'll be a screen on on that side too and another screen on this side so we'll be just surrounded with uh, whatever we want to make the background we're not limited to just wood on the background we can put wood up there if we want to why cuz we can project it right <laughs> or we can just put whatever we want up there. If we're doing a wedding, we can put columns and arches and flowers and all that. Today, uh, we're, we're in the mountains, right? Yes. So over there, it'll just be bigger and better. Amen. 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 It's going to be awesome. So we're in this time of fasting and prayer because we're, we're stretching. Just like the song said this morning, we're moving forward. We have vision to move forward. And so the new sanctuary, um, we've, been, we've been working really hard to get that done. Um, this week we had a little bit of a setback. There was a, a, a big leap, leak in the roof, and it looked like a swimming pool when we came in there one day. You know how many of you know that can kind of get you down sometimes when you're working hard on something, and then all of a sudden, really, I'm working hard just to get it finished, and now I got to stop. And we spent a whole day chemo, spent the whole day on the roof. Can y'all give it up for chemo? Such a blessing. He spent the whole day up on the roof just getting that leak fixed. So now we should be back on track um, for getting the ceiling finished out and all the things that we have to do over there. But this is a great time of vision. I I need your prayers. I need you to pray. Something happens when the people come together and corporately pray, and they all say the same thing. The Bible says nothing they propose to do will be impossible for them. Amen. So we're all saying the same things. We're all seeking the Lord. We're all declaring that we're calling our sanctuary finished, Filled and full of God's glory. Amen. Finished, filled with people, and full of God's glory. Can you all say that with me? Just point to it again and say, we call you finished, we call you filled, and full of God's glory. So we need finishing grace. Amen. We're going to finish strong. We're about to finish out a year. We're, we're two months away and change, just a few days, of finishing out this entire year. And this is not just the end of a year, it's the end of a decade. It's the end of the first two decades of this millennia, amen. So um, we're about to go into a new year, and we're going in, and I'm just declaring that we're going to, in fact, while I was at New Light this week, they said, believe God for an early release, because there's something that's supposed to happen in February for a word that was spoken over my life. And so I'll just declare there's going to be an early release. Amen. And early, we don't have to wait till February. Let it be done by, by next week or two weeks from now. Amen. So let's just pray. You know, we're not called acceleration church for nothing. I declare that accelerated grace comes upon this house. Accelerated grace comes upon your life so that we can pull our seed together because it takes money to do these things. Amen. We're building out the children's ministry right here where we're sitting right now from this, from this wall and that post all the way over. will will be children's ministry. So this area is is set aside, dedicated, consecrated for our children to learn the Word of God. It's going to be amazing. I want it to be all glass in the back so when kids come in they can see our redemption center which is going to be over on this wall right over here and the redemption center works so that when kids get their Bible bucks as they participate during class, if they can save the scripture of the day, if they bring a friend they get Bible bucks, if they uh, bring their Bible they get Bible bucks if they can save the children's church confession they get more Bible bucks and what? They go over there and just make it rain and, and buy some stuff after church candy and toys and, and all kinds of things. So when they come in, it's going to look like Chuck E. Cheese over here. It's going to be amazing. And then when you come in, of course, we're going to move the stage over and all of this will be decorated for children's ministry. We're pressing in with new ministry workers. I'm asking you to pray and ask God what your part would be so that we don't do children's ministry at the expense of a person. Amen. There's a person who does children's ministry and never gets to be in the church and have church. Amen. Or be a part of the church. So we want we want to have a team concept. So I want you to pray that that you would know how to use your time, your talent, and your treasure to help get this vision accomplished. Amen. So we're going to be receiving an offering on November the 17th. So I ask you to be praying. Set a little aside every week so you don't have to try to figure out how you're going to bust a move on that one day. Set something aside every week. Something, a little something extra on top of your regular tithes and offerings, because this is a vision a push that we're doing. It requires sacrifice, but we are the people of God, Amen. We care. We we are not citizens of this land. We are citizens of a whole another country one we've never seen with our eyes, but we know that it's there, Amen. And that kingdom is filling up. That kingdom is getting bigger, is getting larger all the time. And uh, our children matter, Amen. This is a ministry that matters. And uh, I believe there are people all around this area in Kenswick and, and Foxwood. A lady came this morning. What's your name again? I couldn't hear you. Say it again. Linda, Linda came from Kenswick. She said, I was just uh, just uh, Google to see, find a, uh, a nice church in my area, and we popped up. Amen. I believe there are people all around this area. I believe Monica, isn't that how you came? You saw She saw the sign and she just came. Amen. I believe there are people all around this area. That God is sending into this place supernaturally. Amen. And uh, right through that sanctuary, we'll be able to seat 400 people in there. And I believe we'll do it more than once on Sunday. I believe that we're coming into a season of acceleration. It hinges on getting this children's ministry built out. Because we have to have a place to put children. We've been so full in there that they've come to get chairs from us sometimes. So we've got to be ready to um, accommodate all the children. This next generation that must be raised up in the Word of God. It's up to us to do it. Amen? Amen. To hand off a gospel that's pure. Amen? Amen. And uh, so we got to be ready to do it. Let me see where we are. So, on... um, we're having a one day revival where where the scripture says there, declare a holy fast, call a sacred assembly. We are calling a day of revival. We've never done this before during our times of fasting and prayer. But what I'd like you to do before I mention that is that I'd like for you to make sure that you get on our prayer call every morning. We pray every morning. So I got one person who's happy about prayer every morning, too. So I got three, there's four, there's five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11. All right, 12, 13, 14, 15. Okay, we got some people who are happy about prayer. Amen. That accurately describes it. Josh is not on the call by himself. We have about 20, 25 people on the call usually every morning. So on the back of your note sheet, there's the information on how to get um, get uh, hooked up to get the prayer call uh, reminder. Because we send out a text blast every morning at 725. So you can be on the call by 730. We only pray about minutes and uh, it's a good way to start your day but it's us coming together all saying the same thing for the next well, we, we do it every single day even when we're finished with this consecration, but until until November the 17th. But we're calling a day of revival. Amen? Just one night where we're going to come together to be a sacred assembly. Amen? Where we're going to come in. I've called my friend in, um, Apostle John Wesley Williams. We've been friends for more than 20 years. And he's an amazing man of God. He walks in the prophetic edge. So he's going to come in and minister prophetically to you. But I also want it to be a night that we come and we stand and declare together the power of God over what we're doing for God to release the incredible, the miraculous over our lives, over our church. We're seeking God for something. We're working on something here. Amen. So we're calling a special. So I'm asking all of you to be here. Rearrange your schedule. Take that day off from work. Do whatever you have to do. We have an appointment with God. Amen. So how many of you want to be revived in your spirit? I want to be revived. I want to participate. I want to experience a move of God. Amen. So I'm asking you to come to be here on that night. It is. November the 6th, Wednesday, November the 6th. So set a reminder on your phone, save the date, um, invite someone to join you, invite your coworkers. You know somebody who's going through something, get them here. He is uncanny the way he can just read your mail. See, I know about your lives because I'm your pastor, but he's a prophet and, and uh, he doesn't know anything about you, but I'm telling you, he'll call you out and tell you what's going on and tell you what thus says the Lord. Amen. So come expecting him to, to, for God to speak to you that night. Amen. Come expecting. All right. So let me see. I believe I've done. Okay. And then also on Sunday the 17th when we finish service that day, uh, we're going to break our fast um, and we'll be able to, um, we're, we're having our Thanksgiving dinner that day. So make your best holiday recipe and bring it in and we'll have our big Thanksgiving meal that day. It's going to, we're going to receive an offering on that day that is towards our children's ministry. So we're we're setting a money aside and we're going to come and worship God with an offering on that service. It's throughout Scripture we see where people came. God even required the children of Israel to come three times a year and to bring an offering before the Lord and to set it before the Lord and to worship Him for every good thing that God had done for Him. It's right before Thanksgiving. I just don't know what could be more beautiful than bringing God an offering and thanking Him for the abundance that we live in. Amen. So we're going to worship Him together. So begin to prepare, amen, for a day of worshipful giving. And uh, that's why we've been teaching the things that we've been teaching and uh, preparing ourselves to. We're doing something, amen. There's a great vision and there's a great cause. How many of you know our children need to be taught the Word of God on their level of comprehension? So we want a children's ministry that is decked out. Decked out with everything we could possibly need. So we're we're just challenging ourselves to give our best seed on that day. All right, are y'all ready for the Word now? Was there anything else I needed to do? Oh, happy birthday to all the November birthdays. This is my husband's birthday. What did I say, November? I'm sorry, October. It is October. Forgive me, October people. Y'all got kind of nasty about that, didn't you? (laughs) Well, happy birthday. I need the October people to stand up. Today is Jack's birthday. Yesterday was my husband. Miss Toby was what the 23rd, Wednesday the 23rd. Susan, when was yours? The 19th. Thaddeus. Thaddeus. Thaddeus is today. What's today? What's today? Okay. Yeah. So Thaddeus is on the 28th. Terry, when is yours? Uh, on the 12th. What about you? the 6th? Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? Got anybody else? Anybody else? Rosemary. That's right. Rosemary's birthday was too. So can we just sing happy birthday? We're going to have birthday cake today after church. Amen. Come on, let's just sing right quick. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Acceleration Church members. Happy birthday to you. Yay appreciate you. We're so glad God made you and he sent you here. Amen. That you're a part of our lives. Love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. Amen. Y'all ready for the word? Yes. All right. Hold on to your note sheet. It's full of the word that we're going to learn today. This is um, giving honor to the written word. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. His name is Jesus, man. I'll tell you, I was at Bishop's conference this weekend, this week, all week. And if he said anything more than he's the thing he said the most was there's enough power in God's Word to bring it to pass. Or to make it happen in your life. Ooh, we have to really remember the power of the Word. And when we speak the Word, there's enough power in that Word to bring it to pass. He says, So shall my Word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it will go out and accomplish the thing for wherein I sent it. So He sent His Word and healed us. He sent His Word and prospered us. He sent His Word and saved us. He sent His Word and filled us with the Holy Spirit. Amen. So He sent His Word. So this, the power of the Word is what makes the difference in our lives. Amen. Alright. Make this faith declaration. Say, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to hear and apply His Word. I'm about to know better so that I may do better, have better. And be better I am becoming Everything God has destined me to be I am becoming Everything The devil fears I'll be I'm becoming everything The haters say I could never be So after today I will never be the same In Jesus name Come on slap three people High five and say good morning morning. (laughs) All right Open up your note sheet, if you would. We're going to go kind of brief this morning, but it's going to be good. Are y'all warm? Y'all are hot? Raise your hand if you're hot. Raise your hand if you're cold. Okay, we're going to leave it right where it is. If you're cold, snuggle up. If you're hot, move into a row by yourself and just saying, okay, because... All right, praise the Lord. All right, well, we have been in this series since the beginning of the year called Tremendous Fruitfulness. God wants us to bear fruit in our lives. God is glorified when we bear much fruit. He prunes our lives so that we can bear more fruit. He wants us to bear fruit in our lives, the God kind of fruit. You can't bear the God kind of fruit without the Word of God. His Word is the final authority in our lives. Amen? So we really have to give honor and respect to the Word. We have to make sure we make time for the Word. Amen? Make sure we're making time to renew our minds in the Word of God. So we've been talking about fruitfulness and being tremendously fruitful. We've been in this series on seed time and harvest because God made a promise to Noah after Noah had built a boat for 120 years after he gathered the animals, the animals came, he got them on the ark, he prepared not just the ark but the food and everything that that had to be prepared for the ark. It It took much time, much planning. He spends 40 scary days and scary nights. We went through Harvey and that was scary enough for three or four days, right? Could you imagine such a flood that floods the entire earth over 40 days and 40 nights? But he and his family and the animals were safe on the ark. And then when the ark landed and the the flooding was over, the ark opened up and Noah came out and he, he gave a sacrifice. The first thing he did was to build an altar and to give a sacrifice to the Lord. And the Bible says that the sacrifice was pleasing to God. And so God said, I'll never again, never again will I do this. I will never flood the earth again. And then he made the promise. He said, as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and, and hot, um, winter and summer, it will not cease, day and night, it will not cease. And so God made this promise of seed time and harvest. Now, while we know it is a natural law, a farmer sows a seed, a seed is not just a seed. A seed has an assignment. It has an assignment within itself. It has instructions on the inside of it of what it is to become what it's supposed to be, and there's much potential in a seed, much potential in a seed. It goes into the ground, and it breaks down, and it's no longer a seed. The seed has to die and become something else. It grows up and becomes something much greater than itself. Amen. So God has promised that this principle of seed time and harvest, which is not only a natural principle, but it is also a spiritual principle. When the word is sown into our hearts, the Bible says that it's some some people bear 30, some 60, and some 100-fold return on that word, depending on the, the, the condition of our heart or the soil of our heart when we receive that word. It says a word that is sown is on the stony ground, that <clears throat> it, it sprouts up quickly, but because there's no depth in it, it can't really take root. And when persecution comes or when the sun comes out and it scorches it, it's just like when we're persecuted, we're like, well, there was no depth in me, so I couldn't stand. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So, you know, the same thing about the seed that is sown among thorns, the thorns and the thistles. And, and it comes up, and, and when the seed comes up, it's it, it's choked out yeah. because of the thorns and because of the weeds. It's choked out. And that uh, compares us to the the cares of this life and the deceitfulness of riches, you know, that that can choke the word of God, that we've become just focused on finances and just focused on getting that, uh, that it chokes the word of God in our lives. But that doesn't mean that God doesn't want us to prosper. He doesn't want you to, for, he, he doesn't mind if you have blessings or money, he just doesn't want money to have you. I, only he can have, he's a jealous God. So he's not going to share first place with money. He 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 does not do it. And so we have to have money in the proper perspective. The Bible says where your treasure is there will your heart be also. So my treasure is in serving God. And for me, money is a servant. I say, come on, money, serve me. We're doing the work of God. We're building this house for God. Come on, money, serve me. I call money to serve me. Money serves us. It serves for the light bill. It serves for clothes to wear. It's a, money is a servant to us. Don't ever become a servant to money. Amen. But that doesn't mean that God doesn't want us blessed. He wants us to be blessed in our lives. He wants us to prosper. He wants us to get wisdom on how to handle finances. So that we don't go into debt, we don't, um, you know, get ourselves in trouble, that we're wise about our money, that we save some, we have some some money in reserves, we don't just spend up everything we get. He wants us to have wisdom, to save some, to sow some, and to, um, what's the other one? Spend some. So, So we should be able to sow some, save some, and spend some. But you got to be a good steward over your finances. God wants you to be blessed in in every area of your life, not just your finances. He wants you to be across the board blessed. So let's look at the word and let's see what it says. As we're looking at seed time and harvest, because God put this law in the earth, the spiritual law, so that we would be blessed financially. Amen. Amen. You know, he said, he said, whatsoever. He said, God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man That shall he also So whatever you sow, you're going to reap a harvest. So it's important that you're sowing the right kind of seeds in your life to get the right kind of fruit back, grow into full maturity in your life. So if you really look at it, you can design your own life depending on the seed time and harvest that you have working, depending on the revelation you have of everything I do is a seed. Everything I say is a seed. Words are seeds. Death and life is in the power of my tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. You're going to eat the fruit of the life that you're making with the words that you speak. All right. So number one, and we only have one point for the day, is that God has a desire to prosper our lives. He desires to prosper us. Psalm thirty five twenty-seven it says, Let them shout for joy and be glad, who favor my righteous cause, and let them say continually. Let them do what? Say. Let them say continually. Let the Lord be magnified, who has pleasure in the, in the prosperity of his servant. So God takes pleasure in our prosperity. God is pleased when we prosper. He takes pleasure in it. And I just think it's so awesome right there that it says it says, Let him shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause and let him seek and to see if we if we favor his righteous cause. In other words if that's what is favored most in my sight favored most in my mind, God is first. He's number one. My relationship with Him will not be compromised by any other thing. He is first in my life, and I prove it because I favor His righteous cause. Amen? I put Him first in my life. Let the Lord be magnified, who has pleasure. We say God is pleased with my prosperity. He's pleased when I have Him in the proper place in my life. And, and money is in the right place. Amen? Way behind God and family and everything else. Somewhere, somewhere behind all of that. Amen? Amen? God is number one. But it, let them say continually, Let the Lord be magnified. He has pleasure in my prosperity. Amen. Hallelujah. That's good news today. So what does that word prosperity mean? That is the Hebrew word shalom. When you hear um, Hebrew people greet one another, they say shalom, which means peace which means much more than peace. It means to be safe. It means to do well, be happy, healthy, prosperity, peace, rest, safety, safety, holy well. See, it's across the board prosperity. It is whole life prosperity because what good would it do if you had a whole lot of money but you had no joy because you have no relationship with God? You're you're not going to be happy that way. Mm, I'm trying to preach cute in my earring. Not cooperating. We'll just set that. It messes up the recording? Okay, well, praise the Lord. Amen. So prosperity, it wouldn't do any good to be wealthy and and have your marriage messed up or to have your marriage doing well, but um, you're anxious or depressed or uh, just can't get any joy. You know, God wants us to have our whole life. That's why He came. He came to give us life and life more abundantly. In John 10, 10, He said, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you may have and enjoy life, have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. God wants your cup to be running over. He wants you to have plenty of joy, plenty of peace. He wants you to be happy in your life. He wants you to have good relationships. Amen. So this word shalom is really... Almost exactly the same meaning and same word. It really is almost identical to our word to be saved in the New Testament. To be saved is the Greek word sozo, which means all of these very same things. So with salvation comes this prosperity, this whole life prosperity. But we have to know that God wants us to be blessed. We have to know that God wants us to prosper in every area. Because too many people today are killing themselves. Too many people today are saying, you know, I hurt so bad I can't get over this. Too many people today don't have whole life prosperity. Or they think because things aren't going well in this area, I need to just end my life. Too many people are are giving up because they don't know that God wants them blessed. Because when something happens in our lives, we have a tendency to say, God, why are you doing this to me? I've even said that, that God isn't supposed to be this hard. Am I doing something wrong? Why is it so hard? Why can't it be easier? See, it it, it's just part of it. But see, peace comes with this package that we get from God called prosperity and salvation. Peace comes with it. Peace comes because of what I know. Joy comes because of what I know. That's why it's so important that we keep our mind renewed in the Word of God. And that's what I want you to do today is to just be renewed in your mind today that God wants you blessed. Say that. Say, God wants to bless me. Say, God wants to prosper me in every area of my life. Amen. All right. So, you know, peace only comes from God. You see that the meaning there for shalom is peace. You know, peace, you can't get it from humming. Well, let me cross my legs, see if that helps. Mm. You can't get peace. Some people get some kind of, I don't know what they get out of it, but you, you can't, the, God gives us a peace not like the world gives. He gives us a peace that passes understanding. And joy, unspeakable. You can't even come up with words to describe the joy that he can give you down in your heart. So you can't get it from humming. You can't get it from lighting candles. You can't get it from lighting sage and smudging and all that kind of, You can't get it from that. You get it from God. Amen. This shalom only comes from your relationship with... This sozo only comes from your relationship with God. That has to be intact before you can begin. It starts from the middle. It starts from your heart. And then it works its way out. But you got to know... That, that God wants you to have it. Otherwise, you'll settle for less and you won't rise up and use your faith that God has given you to bring the promises of God to pass in your life. Because you know what? Be- even though it is God's will to prosper you, you will not prosper until you get a revelation on it. Amen. Not this whole life prosperity. Because I guarantee you'll get it in one area and another area will go lacking. But God wants you to have it all. Amen. So you you got to know it you got to get you got to get an understanding that god the, the promises of god are received by faith the will of god is not automatic The will of God, just because it is God's will for you to prosper, does not mean that you're going to prosper. It means that you have to stand up, use your faith and say, God, I believe you. In Jesus' name, thank you that my life is prospering according to your word. You take pleasure in the prosperity of your servant. So I thank you, Lord, as I serve you with all my heart, soul, mind and strength. I thank you, Father God, that my life is prospering in every area. In Jesus' name. And that begins to bring it from the unseen realm into the seen realm. Because I'm telling you, God knew he was putting you here in the year 2019 going into 2020 and he knew what you would need doesn't his word say he said I know what you need before you ask me why because the Bible says he's already blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in the unseen realm he has already prepared when you pray God's not back trying to cook something up to get something ready for you he's already prepared it for you why because he's intimately involved with your life he knows how many hair you have on your head. He knows when you rise up and he knows when you lie down. He knows every thought you think from afar off. He knows every word you say before it is even on your tongue. He is intimately involved with you and He knows what you need. And so you have to use your faith to bring it from the unseen realm into the natural realm where we live. Because it is available to you. Joy is on the other side in the unseen realm. Peace is on the other side in the unseen realm. Why? When we, when, we, when we speak His Word, when we do His Word, when we know His Word, it comes into our life. When we're speaking it, we're releasing our faith for it. See, God's got to have a man. He's got to have a woman he's got to have somebody speaking and declaring it or it's not going to happen yes. see it's his will that all men would be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth right yes. doesn't it say that over in Timothy it's his will that all men would be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth but yet we go over to Matthew and Mark and we know that all men are not going to be saved he said go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature he said some are going to believe and be saved and some are not and going to be damned Amen. come on, yes. So it's it's the even even though it's the will of God for you to prosper in every area of your life, it's never going to happen until you rise up and begin to use your faith for it, and to and to call it into your life from the unseen realm where God has already prepared it for you. He's Jehovah Jireh. He is the Lord God, my provider. He, and you know that word Jireh doesn't just mean provider, but he's the one who will see to it. He's the one who sees it and prepares it. So he when Abraham got ready to need a sacrifice, the ram was already in the bush. Amen? It was already there. So I'm telling you, your provision is already there. Your blessing is already there. But with your faith, you're going to bring it into the unseen realm. The greatest thing you can do is bring God a bigger bag and say, God, fill it up. Fill it up. I believe you're able, God. I believe that you are that big old God that your word says that you are. So here's my bag, God. Fill it up. Fill me up with joy. Fill me up with peace. Fill me up with my with prosperity and and with my needs being met. It is not the will of God for you to go with your needs not being met, scraping by every month, how to just pay the phone bill, or how to pay the, the the light bill. That's not the will of God for your life. He wants you to live in overflow says he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He will prepare whatever it is that you need for your life it's already. Prepare. He's not trying to whip it up. Y'all get something together. He's just praying. Y'all late? Come on, get it too. No, he's not up in heaven disorganized. When he spoke you into existence before the foundations of the earth, he spoke everything you would need to be right here with you. Amen. The whole earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and everything and everyone in it belongs to God and he can bring it into your, into your possession. Amen. He raises up favor on your behalf. Sometimes it's not money. Sometimes it's favor. Or a boss that you once had, you're looking for a job, will call you up and say, Hey, can you come back to work? And by the way, it's a better position and a better job. God causes doors of opportunity to open. He throws open the window of, he- of heaven and pours out blessing so much that you can't even receive it. I don't know where I'm at. Amen. <clears throat> so it's about whole life prosperity. He wants you to have it. Child of God, you're a child of God. He's your father. He has to take care of you. But you've got to know by faith, by faith in his word, you'll bring it to pass. It's not automatic. And there's enough power in what he said To bring it to pass. If you'll just get an agreement with it. So number two. To the degree that my soul prospers. I will prosper in life. To the degree that my soul prospers. I will prosper in life. See, you've got to get your thoughts in order with the thoughts of God. Get your thoughts in order with the Word of God. Don't allow any thought that comes along that is against the Word of God and against the will of God for your life to stay there. The Bible says you've got to carry it away captive. Take authority over it. Don't let those thoughts stay in there. You ain't never going to be nothing. You ain't going to have enough. Oh, no, my God will supply all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Don't come out of agreement with his word and come into agreement with a loose thought that comes from the enemy planted to, to to derail you you got to rise up and be the child of God that you're supposed to be. So your soul, that's the arena of your mind. Look, it's it's under your soul. It's your mind, your will, your intellect, your emotion, and your imagination. You have to rule over these areas. So that's why it's so important that you keep your mind renewed in the Word of God. Third John 2. Beloved, I pray, wish above all things, that you may prosper in all things. And be in health just as your soul prospers. So to the degree that my soul prospers, I'll prosper in my health and I'll prosper in my financial prosperity. To the degree that I use wisdom. Amen. And as my soul prospers, my mind, my will, my intellect, my emotions, you have to rule over your emotions. You cannot allow your emotions to come in and tell you something that is not true. If it's not the Word of God, the Word of God is the final authority in my life. Hallelujah. The Word of God is the final authority. So when my emotions try to kick in, and they will, you have to take authority over them. You have to rule over it, just like those loose thoughts. You have to rule over your emotions. So your mind, your will, so it has to be, your mind, your soul area has to be fed the Word of God if it's going to prosper. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So you've got to be hearing the Word of God. On a, just a, to be saturated in the Word. Faith comes by. Hearing and hearing by the Word of God. I guarantee you some of the things I've said to you today, you've heard them before, but today it's gotten stirred up in your mind because you've heard it again. So faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing. Faith does not come by what you heard or by what you know. Faith comes by hearing on an ongoing basis. I must be feeding my soul, my mind, my spirit, the Word of God. Hallelujah. So if I will prosper in my mind, I can prosper financially. I can prosper in my emotions. I can prosper in my relationships. Hallelujah. All right. So there is a prospering power in the hearing of the word. There is prospering power in the healing of the word. That's free. I didn't put it in a blank, but you can just write it down if you want to. That's free. (laughs) That was a joke. Y'all didn't get it, but that's okay. (laughs) There's prospering power in hearing the Word of God. There is prospering power in hearing the Word of God. There is prospering power in hearing the Word of God. Joshua 1.8. And don't for a minute let this book of the Revelation, the Bible, be out of mind. Ponder and meditate on it day and night. Making sure you practice... Not just hear it and know it, but you practice everything written in it. Then you'll get where you're going. Then you'll succeed. So our lives are transformed as we renew the soul area. As we renew our minds, our lives are transformed. Amen? Amen. Romans twelve two it says, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you'll learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Hallelujah. So you'll you'll know what God's will is as you transform your mind by the renewing of it with the Word of God. Proverbs 23, 7 says, For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So I'm going to think my way to joy. I'm going to think my way to happiness. I'm going to think my way to peace. I'm going to think my way to prosperity. I'm going to think my way to I'm going to think my way to healing. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Well, think my way there. So number three, my life prospers when I live a life of obedience and serve him. See, it's not just enough to know the word. You have to obey the word. You have to be a doer of the word. The Bible says in Deuteronomy, he says, if you'll be diligent to hearken, to listen, listen to the word of God and do it. He said, all these blessings will come upon you and overtake. I'm, I'm obeying the word. But blessings are chasing me. I'm chasing the Word. I'm chasing God. I'm chasing obedience. And blessings begin to chase me. He says, all these blessings will come upon you and overtake you. You'll be blessed when you go in. You'll be blessed when you go out. You'll be the... I will make you the head and not the tail. You'll be above only and not beneath. You'll lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. And all, all I have to do is What? Listen to the word and obey. Get it working in my life. Come on, this old raggedy life you've been living, leave that behind and declare, I'm moving forward. This old raggedy way of thinking I've been living, I'm going to leave that behind and I'm going to move forward into the life that God has prepared for me. All that stuff he has in the invisible realm for me, I want me some. Amen? I don't just want some, I want all of it. How many of you leave presents unwrapped all year long under the Christmas tree? None of us. That'd be crazy. There's a present for me with my name on it. It's getting torn open. Amen. There's stuff under the tree God wants you to have. There's stuff under the cross God wants you to have. stuff he's already prepared in the invisible realm. If we'll get in the Word and dig it out, pull it out, and believe God for it, we can have it. Amen. So Job 36.11, if they obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in what prosperity. prosperity and their years in pleasure. See so many people get tripped up on the prosperity gospel because some people teach it as you know that 's the only thing so it 's just about money, 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 but it 's about so much more. We are so much more complex people than just about money. We, God cares about us from the inside, from the soul to the spirit to the natural to our relationship he cares about everything so it's more than just about money a whole lot more it's about God blessing us in the in the the fruitfulness of the way that he's made us amen Amen. that's why you know poverty is so foreign to us it feels so bad because we weren't meant to live in poverty we're children of God when he put Adam and Eve in the garden everything was already ready for them the ground produced for them they didn't even have to till they didn't have to do anything amen so when in the beginning God blessed them and he said to them be fruitful and multiply have dominion he set them he set them up and he set us up too there's stuff in the unse- unseen realm that we're going to bring into our lives amen so if we obey and serve him obey and serve him that's living a consecrated life to him my life is not my own but i've been bought with a price the bible says i belong to him my body is consecrated my life my thought life is consecrated don't allow any freaky thought to just come and stay there to draw you off take authority over don't say you know well well what in the world i must be terrible if i thought that no you have a real enemy who just shot a fiery dart at your brain you take you quench it Quench it with, with the shield of faith. Amen. Don't allow, you gotta take control of yourself and manage yourself. You are the CEO of your life. Amen. You gotta, well, COO. I guess the CEO would be God. Amen. We're the chief operating officer. That's it. That sounds better, doesn't it? Alright. So when I became a doer of the word, my life began to prosper. Because the Bible is designed to bring me into the perfect will of God for my life. When you begin to be a doer of the word, your life is going to prosper because it brings you into the perfect will of God. So number four, our lives prosper when we get in agreement with his plan for prosperity. See, he has a plan to prosper our lives, but we have to get in agreement with it. That's what I'm talking about. Get in agreement with the word. Get in agreement with the Word of God, which is God. The Word is God. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, right? We act like God is far off somewhere, and I'll read my Bible when I get to it. God is in the Word. He is the Word. When you read the Word, it reads you back because it's Him. Amen? You feel that tug. You feel Him talking to you. Amen? Amen? So, when we get in agreement, so get in agreement with the, with the Word. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, look, God has a plan to prosper us. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to what? God's got a plan to prosper you. For you, prosper you. So, if you're not for the plan to prosper, prosper you, you're against God. Amen. You have set yourself up to go against the plan of God for your life. If you're against prosperity... I have a plan to prosper you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Hallelujah. Look at the message translation. I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. So don't think for a minute that God put you here and you're some kind of accident and he doesn't have everything provided for you already in this world, in this life, that we should be receiving by favor. Amen. God didn't put you here. There's no accidents. Amen. God put you here. On purpose, for a purpose, hallelujah! I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to what? Take care. Take care of you, not abandon you. You feel like you're abandoned. You feel like God doesn't care. That's a lie from hell. God cares, and He will never leave you. He said, "I will never leave you. I will never forsake you." You can always count on me being with you. He says, um, "Plans, okay. Uh, plans to give you a, plans to give you the." Plans to take care of you and not abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. When you call on me, when you come and pray to me, I'll listen. So that voice in your head that says, God don't want to hear from you, or you feel like your prayers are hitting the the ceiling, don't listen to that. Don't pay attention to that. You keep talking anyway. I thank you, Father. I don't care if I feel a thing. I know your word is working for me today as I'm speaking your word. I know that you're preparing a table for me. I know my cup overflows. I know my head is anointed with fresh oil today. Hallelujah. You begin to just speak the word of God. I thank you, Lord, no matter what the doctor's report says. I I don't feel a thing right now, but I thank you, God, that I am healed. That my body is healed. It already was healed according to your word. I thank you, God, I'm prospering in every area of my Life. so you just keep saying and speaking the word of God and don't let anything intimidate you it's not about feeling stop waiting to get a goosebump it's not about the goosebump it's about knowing what God's word says and you can put your finger in God's face and say, now God your word says your word says that your word will not return void so Lord I thank you for my supply where's the supply I thank you Father I receive it in Jesus name amen that's how you bring it from the unseen realm into your life. you got to set your face like a flint and say, I'm going to be prosperous because God's word says I'm supposed to prosper in my relationships. I'm supposed to prosper in my mind. I'm supposed to prosper in my emotions. I'm supposed to be above and not beneath. Amen. I come against this debt in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. He says, when you come looking for me, you'll find me. Yes, you'll, when, you sit, when you get serious about finding me and wanting more than anything else, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. God's decree, I'll turn things around for you. You know, it started with Abraham. God said, I have a plan, Abraham. Get away from everything comfortable and come out and follow me. And so look, look right here in Genesis 12, 1 through 3. He says, now the Lord had said to Abraham, Get out of your country, from your family and from your father's house. See, we're waiting for it to feel comfortable. Faith ain't never going to feel comfortable because faith gets you out over the water where you can't touch bottom. That's where faith gets you out. Stop, it was not comfortable for Abraham to leave his whole, for leave his family, to leave his house, to leave his neighborhood, to leave his cousins, his aunties and all of it. to leave everybody, to leave everything. And, and to go where? To go where? To, where are we going, God? I'll let you know when we get there. Talk about uncomfortable. That's uncomfortable. We're trying to be too comfortable. We need to get out of being comfortable and step out in faith and believe God for what is way above our head. Amen. He said, "Um, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. See, that's another reason God wants to bless your life is because he wants you to be a blessing. How can you help somebody if you ain't got no gas money? God wants you. He said, I was hungry, and you fed me. How are you going to feed him if you can't make a peanut butter sandwich for yourself? Come on, you gotta be blessed so that you can be a blessing to somebody else. God wants you to be a conduit that can do it. He wants you, He wants to be able to give it to you so He can give it through you. Amen? So you're not just taking it all to the mall, but you're taking it and you're giving it back into the kingdom and you're giving it to somebody that needs it. Amen? God's looking for paymasters in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. I got two paymasters. Three, four. There's 5, 6, there's seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. That ain't bad. Praise the Lord. So his plan for prosperity might make you uncomfortable. But he wants you to be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you. And I'll curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. See, God wants us to be more than blessed. He wants us to be a blessing. But do you see how uh, God's plan for Abraham started with Abraham making a bold move, a courageous move, leaving the comfort of what he has? See, you gotta you got to put God first. Put his thing first. Psalm 37 4 says, Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. That had to be a desire that was in Abraham's heart. Even though he was old. Even though his wife was barren. He put the desire in his heart and said, Come on, Abraham. Let's do this thing. But it starts with you taking the first step. See, God's a good checker player. He won't move if it's your turn. You got to move first. Amen. So... So the, he'll give me the desires. See, we want we want to delight first. See, I love how this reads: "Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of the heart." Well, so we say, "Well, God, give me the desires of my heart, and then I'll delight." Yeah. See, we got it backwards. We got to delight ourselves in the Lord, amen. And then he gives us the desires of our heart. I'll bless you, Lord, whether in plenty or lack. Yeah. I'm gonna bless your name. Won't be like Jack in the Box. Jack is Jack is in a box. <laughs> Anybody ever seen a jack-in-the-box? See, Jack is in the dark. Jack is in the dark and, and nothing's going on. Nothing doesn't seem like nothing is happening. See, you're just spinning that thing, but don't look nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. All I hear is the music. Nothing is happening, but Jack is inside and Jack always has a smile on his face, even when it's dark. And so and when the time comes, you pop it and, 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 and Jack comes up. Amen. <laughs> Jack comes up. He's got a smile on his face and his arms are always up. Amen. <laughs> so you got to be like Jack in the box. I don't care what I'm going through. I'm going to praise the Lord anyhow. It doesn't look like anything's happening. But hey, my hands are up, I'm praising God So delight yourself in the Lord Worship the Lord your God Delight you. And then he gives you the desires of your heart We got it backwards Alright, number five His plan for natural prosperity is that we honor him first In our lives and finances <coughs> We honor him first God's not going to be second He's not going to be last And he's not going to be somewhere in between God is first. He said, I'm a jealous God. you got to put me first. Matthew 6.33 says, seek. Y'all, come on, help me preach. Seek Seek first first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. See, we're seeking things, hoping somewhere along the way I'll run into God. But no, when I seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, Things will get me. All these things will be added to me when I'm seeking God. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 All right. Um, so uh, look at Proverbs 3, 9 through 10. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. So you can't just throw something at the offering basket. God has order. He has placed the order in the earth just like he did seed, time, and harvest. The tithe belongs to God. When we give him the tithe, we still have 100% of our money. Tithe means tenth and it means first. So the first tenth. So we don't pay all our bills and if we have some left over, we give it to God. No, we take the first 10% off the top. Just like Uncle Sam gets his first. Because Uncle Sam don't trust you. (laughs) But but you take that 10% off the top. And you return that to God. That's his. He says the tithe is holy. Get it out your house. Because it's not yours, it's his. So you give him the tithe, the tenth part. So if you make a $100 babysitting, how much is God's? $10. And $90, $90 is your 100%. And then when we give offerings over and above, he said, don't, God says don't rob me. In tithes and offerings. It's not in the tithes and offerings that we rob him, but we rob him of the opportunity to bless us. He says, bring all the tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now in this and see if I won't open for you the windows of heaven and pour you out such blessing you'll not have room enough to receive it. He said, he says, you've robbed me. You say in what way? In tithes and offerings. So you return that tenth part, you still have all of your money. And so once, see, when you bring it into the house of God, it's, it's consecrated. It's, God's. Amen. So there's a consecration on it. It comes into the treasury of God and it's holy. Amen. And you're in a church where we handle the money, right? There's no funny business or anything ever going on in this church. We have a system in place where every penny is looked after. Amen. Amen. Not, by, not just by me, but Miss Toby looks at every single penny that we spend. Amen. And, and, uh, and we are righteous with our money. So it's consecrated. The money is consecrated. It comes into the house of God. It's consecrated. It's Holy. Right? So when you do that, it causes a blessing to come on the rest of yours. So of that blessed 90%, you take out an offering and you give it to God. Tithes and offerings. So you bless the Lord with an offering after you return the tithe. You honor Him with the first fruits and you honor Him with an offering. I can't think of a more beautiful way to honor God than to make sure that what He wants to happen in the earth, which is salvation and baptisms and children's church and people um, receiving Christ and people learning the Word of God and being right. There's nothing God wants more than that going on in the earth. So when we give, that that happens, is that not a blessing to God? You're given to God. It goes this way in the earth, but the aroma comes up before God. You have an account in heaven. Hallelujah. Malachi 3.10 says, Bring all the what? What's that mean? The what 10%? First. And thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Into the storehouse, the church, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke that. See, God gets involved in your money. When you give tithes and offerings, God gets involved in your money. See, it's crazy to not want your money to be blessed. That's insane. You want, because your money, the Bible says it's like putting your money in a bag full of holes. It is. Anybody ever do that? You're like, where did it go? It's gone. I've already spent half of next week's check. But he says he gets involved in your money. I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground nor uh, shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the the field. All right? Number six, generosity releases God to prosper me. Generosity. When you're generous, generosity comes back to you because it's a seed that you sow of generosity. If you're stingy, guess what you're going to get back? Stingy. I'm not talking about give it to the earth. I'm not any time. There's a time. If you, you know, if you go to the restaurant and you don't tip or you don't tip, right, thank you. Say it again. You're what? Say it again. You're stingy. stingy. Don't do that. That's embarrassing too. That's, that's, you embarrass the kingdom of God. If you let them know you're a Christian, don't give them a track and not give them a tip. (laughs) Take that Jesus sticker off your car. have a generous God and we should be generous in our lives. Amen. So generosity releases God to prosper me. How many of you want God to be released to prosper you? Look at Proverbs eleven twenty five. 25, a generous man will what? A generous man will prosper. He who refuses, uh, he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed because you're refreshing others. What refreshing comes back seed time, harvest generosity, generosity, big generosity. Amen. So I'm giving it out. I'm getting it back in a, in a greater measure. Amen. Second Corinthians 9, 6-8. Remember this. He who sows sparingly and stingily (laughs) and grudgingly will also reap sparingly and grudgingly. And he who sows generously that blessings may come to someone will also reap generously and with Blessings, let each one give as he is made up in his own mind and purposed in his heart, not reluctantly or sorrowfully or under compulsion, for God loves. He takes pleasure in, prizes above other things, and is unwilling to abandon or do without a cheerful, joyous, prompt-to-do-it giver whose heart is in his giving. God doesn't want you to just throw something at the offering basket to say you participated. He wants your heart to be involved in it. David said, I have set my affection on the house of my God. Therefore, I have given to the house of God. Because he set his affection on the house of God. So God wants your heart to be in your giving. And look at this. Look what happens. Look what happens in verse 8. And God is able... Don't think for a minute that he's not able to do what he said he would do. And God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance. Listen, listen. All grace, every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance so that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need be self-sufficient, possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. Wow. That's amazing. What is released into our lives when we're generous. So we're preparing our offering for this children's ministry to finish that new sanctuary too. And, uh, you know, while I was at the Strategies Conference this week, I was sitting there, and, you know, when I go to the Strategies Conference where my apostle is, as a church, we sow into that church so that we can re- reap what, you know, that church has going on. Amen? This, the, the, the law of sowing and reaping. I sow into that soil. I want to reap that same wisdom, that same success, that same understanding. and so, And also to honor my man of God. You know, this is Pastor Appreciation Month. I want my pastor to know I appreciate him. But because we're in this building campaign, you know, I couldn't sow as much as I normally would, would want to sow. So I'm sitting there thinking, wow, God, I really, uh, I really wish I could sow more. You know, but God began to minister to me and uh, you're, you're to minister to me about my seed. Amen. It's not equal amounts, but it is equal Sacrifice. And I sowed a sacrificial seed from this church. Amen. Believe me, I stepped up and I sowed. But while I was sitting there and I was thinking about all that we're doing here and all that we're accomplishing here, um, you know, I heard the devil say to me, you're in over your head. He said, you're in over your head. I began to think, man, it, it could feel that way. I'm in over my head with with uh, insulation. <laughs> That stuff is stacked up everywhere. I mean, insulation and ceiling tile, you know, you know, I mean, I felt I like, yeah, I feel like I am in over my head. There's a lot left yet to be done, but I just am so grateful for all the people who have stepped up. You know, I just began to think to myself, you know what? Yeah, I am in over my head. And that's a good thing because that's where God gets involved. If I wasn't in over, in over my head, I'd just be doing a plan or a goal, but I have a vision from God. Amen. And that's how it has been for everybody. Abraham was in over his head when God asked an old man who's a hundred years old with a wife who's barren to step out and to become the father of a great nation. Yeah, Abraham was in over his head, but God showed up, and that baby did come, and they did become a great nation, and Israel is there to this day. So yeah, Abraham was, I'm in good company, because Abraham was in over his head. Dave, I don't even know David was in over his head? A little shepherd boy against a giant who'd been a, a soldier from his very youth, and here's David who's got nothing but a rag and a rock. And he's coming against a soldier, and he's so bold, so bold. Even though it looks like he's in over his head, he's so bold that he stands there and he says, "I'm gonna take your." Because the, the 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 giant had told him, "I'm gonna cut your head off today. I'm gonna feed it to the birds." David said, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna cut your head off, and I'm gonna feed it to the birds and all the beasts, because you got a big head. And I'm gonna I'm gonna kill all the rest of the Philistines that are with you, and I'm gonna feed all their dead carcasses to the birds. How you like that?" A little shepherd boy talking to a giant that was over nine feet tall. He was in over his head, but God showed up. And when he slung that rock, it landed exactly where God needed it so that he could defeat that giant. Hallelujah. So that's all right if you in over your head. Come on, say it with me. In over your head. The children of Israel were in over their heads when the promised land was full of walls and full of giants. But God showed up. And when they began to to shout, the walls of Jericho fell down flat, and they took that first city. Amen? How many of you know Gideon was in over his head? There was an army without number. And Gideon amasses a little army of 300 men, and God showed up. And when God showed up, when they had the pitchers and they had a what was it a, a torch inside a pitcher? He said, When I tell you to, all I need is people who can get on one accord. <laughs> when you got a people who all say and do the same thing that comes from God, he put the, they they all were on horseback and they had a, a torch and they put it in a pitcher to hide it. He said when when I when I give you the signal I want you to break those pots and say the sword of the Lord in Gideon. And that's all they did. And all that army down in the valley that was more than they could even count began to destroy one another. So yeah Gideon was in over his head With 300 men against a big old army But I don't even know God shows up And he's going to show up in our situation Moses was in over his head at the Red Sea But God showed up And opened up the Red Sea And they walked across on dry land Amen So yeah we might be in over our head Jacob was in over his head With his tricky uncle Laban Sometimes you're in over your head in relationships With people who are just able to trick you He was in over his head, but God showed up and gave him a plan. To, 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 to win in that situation. Jonah was in over his head, literally. While Jonah was in the belly of the whale, he was literally on the bottom of the ocean when he repented to God. And God made that whale beach himself. And he vomited Jonah onto dry land. So God showed up. Even though he was in over his head, God showed up. I'm telling you, in your life, God will show up. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were in over their head as they stood at the mouth of the fiery furnace. They said, look, we have no need to even answer you you in this matter. Our God is able to deliver us from this fire, but let it be known that if he doesn't, we will not bow to you or any image you set up. And they threw him in the fire and the fire was so hot that the people who threw him in died and burned up but the king comes and looks and he said wait a minute did we not throw 3 men into the fire i see 4 in there walking around see god showed up and walked around in the fire with them they might have been over their heads but when god gets in ha <laughs> ha you're in good company How many of you know Daniel was in over his head when he goes into the lion's den? He was in over his head because he didn't know nothing about taming no lions. But God showed up and gave those lions lockjaw. And he made it all through the night. Amen. Even the king said, your God is God. Um, Solomon was in over his head. When he became king, he was just a boy. But he gave sacrifices. He sacrificed a thousand bulls before God. A A thousand, what does a thousand bulls even look like? But he gave an offering, sacrificed over a thousand bulls, and gave him he had to be exhausted. And he goes to bed that night and God comes to him and he says, Ask, what is it that you want? I'll give you anything you want. He didn't ask for prosperity. He asked God for wisdom. He didn't ask for the for the the head of his enemies. God said, because you've done this thing and because you've asked for wisdom, I'm going to give you prosperity such as the world has never seen. Even though he was in over his head, he said, I'm young. I don't know how to lead these people. I'm asking you for wisdom, God. I'm in over my head here. God showed up and God gave him wisdom that people came from all over to see that he had. So sometimes it's not, if you ask God for wisdom, he'll give you the wisdom that will produce the prosperity. But I just want you to know today, you feel like you're in over your head. You're in a relationship and you got hurt. You're not in over your head. God's in there with you. God will heal your broken heart. God is there. God shows up. So we're going to give on the 17th and we're going to watch the glory of God show up in our lives. When we come and we sacrifice and we give for this children's ministry to be, to be um, in operation, we're going to see God show up. David's giving stopped a plague. There was a plague in the land, and David came and gave, and the plague stopped. The widow's giving sustained her and the man of God. It stopped the, it stopped the, the, the death of her, of her very life. Solomon's give, giving released unsurpassed wisdom and prosperity. Mary's giving of the alabaster box made her famous. We're still talking about Mary to this day. Jesus said, wherever my story is told, her story will be told right by mine. So God's going to show up when we give to see this children's lives changed. When we show up, God's going to show up. Proverbs ten twenty two says, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow with it. Hallelujah. Father, we give you praise. We thank you for your word today, Father God. We thank you that it's been sown in the good soil of our hearts. God, we thank you for a hundredfold return on this word. God, we thank you that we're preparing ourselves to be blessed and to be prosperous and to have your church prosper, Lord. Lord, we thank you that this is we have barely scratched the surface for the vision of this church, for what you've called us to do together as a body of people. And Lord, even the people who are not here yet, God, we rejoice for those. We delight in you over those who haven't even found us yet, God, that are looking for what you're doing here in this place. God, we call them forth right now. Men, women, boys, and girls. People for our lives to get this vision accomplished. God, we call them forth now. We say, come forth now in the name of Jesus. Come into this place. See the sign. Hear from the Spirit of God. Not by power, not by might, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. We receive members, Lord God. We receive children, Filled in this place, God. We see this area that we're in now. We see it filled with children. With our eyes closed, we see children with their hands lifted up. We see tears streaming down their face. We hear the word being preached. We see the videos and the praise and worship going forth, Lord, from the children's hearts. We see them on the floor, Lord, worshiping you with all their hearts. We see them being filled with the Holy Spirit. We see them, Lord God, receiving the word in this place. Receiving it even as a child. We see seeing the mantle of preaching coming on little children. You said, Lord, out of the, out of the mouths of, of babes and nursing infants, thou hast perfected praise. So we thank you, Lord, that you're making ministers and, and preachers and, and, and people who can preach the word from these little children. They'll take it back to their schools. They'll take it back to their neighborhoods. We're raising up a bold army of children who are not afraid and not ashamed. Thank you, Father God. We just ask you, Lord, to prepare us to serve, prepare us to sacrifice, prepare us to sow into this vision of yours. We thank you, God, that we have only begun to walk out the vision for this church. Lord, we see people standing in line to get in this place to hear the word of the Lord. We see people's lives being turned around and changed in such a way that people marvel that they marvel that you are able to change people's lives in this place. You've called us here. Acceleration Church is a sovereign work. You began this church, Lord God. So we thank you for it. We thank you for it. And we just declare and decree in Jesus' name that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Deliver us from evil, Lord God. We pray, pray the protecting power of God over this church. No weapon ever formed against us shall prosper. Never shall there be any envy or backbiting or slandering or anything like that that goes on in this church. But only the perfect word of God. Those things that are lovely and praiseworthy of a good report. Thank you, Father God, that we watch out for one another. We receive it in Jesus' mighty name. But with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor Sally, I'm not right with God. Not right with God, but I want to be right with God. Would you pray for me, Pastor Sally, so that I could I could be a child of God, that I could come... I know without Jesus I'm lost, but I don't want to be lost. Maybe you're saying that today. I know I'm lost without Jesus, but I don't want to be lost. I'm going to pray a prayer with you this morning. See, we're all sinners. We all mess up, sometimes on purpose, sometimes by accident. But we've all transgressed the law of God and the will of God. And so that's why he had to send Jesus. For God so loved you and me that he sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. He paid the price for what we did wrong. And now we receive the free gift of salvation by simply believing, receiving, confessing with our mouths. Believing in our hearts. So that's you this morning. I'm going to lead you in a simple prayer. Here we go. Say, Father, I confess to you that I have messed up sometimes on purpose and sometimes I'm sure I just didn't know but I'm sorry that I've sinned against you I ask you to forgive me I believe you sent Jesus to die on the cross in my place I believe that you raised him from the dead on the third day Jesus come into my heart be the Lord of my life teach me Guide me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I'm trusting you alone to save me in Jesus' name. Well, lift up your heads and look at me. If you prayed that prayer this morning for the very first time, or maybe you've rededicated your life this morning to the Lord, I ask that you, nobody gets to sneak into heaven. You got to let somebody know that you received Christ this morning, that you prayed that prayer with all your heart. So what I'd like for you to do is to take this, the, the connection card that we gave you. If you would fill that out and then on the back, there's a place for you to put a check mark. Yes, I choose Jesus as my Lord. Put a check mark right there. Any other notes that you want for me to see because this card will come directly to me and I'll be calling you. So I want you to take the card over here to the VIP Welcome Center where Mr. Ernest is going to be. He's going to receive it from you and give you some more information. We have a little roadmap. You've begun a journey today. As you prayed that prayer, you've begun a journey.